Hello, welcome to the RTE Soccer Podcast. I'm Mikey Stafford and I am joined by Anthony Pine of RTE Sport Online. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm good, Mikey. How are you? Good, good. Happy Christmas to you. Yeah, and same to you. Thank you. Um, we're here to introduce an interview you did with Eamon Zayed. Um, very interesting character, Eamon Zayed. We'll, we'll talk about him in a minute, but uh, it's basically he's um, he's a new manager of the Northern Colorado Hailstorm. Um, the much-traveled Eamon Zayed, gonna, his very... Um, his very storied career, I think, it could make him an excellent manager. There's not much he couldn't have seen at this stage, I'd say. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, he's he's, he's not a guy who's uh, unafraid of taking risks or trying new things. And um, no, it was an interesting chat with Eamon because um, you know he's played in Iran, he's played in Malaysia, but he's he's been in the states for the last few years, and uh, this is you know a fresh challenge for him. Taking on, it's a, they're a completely new club, completely new franchise in Colorado, and. Um, they have already brought in Rob Cornwell from Bowles and I'm chatting to him. They plan to bring Irish players over. Mm. Um, and he did mention that he's been actually a little bit surprised that uh, there's some Irish players who are a little reluctant to go to the States and join him in Colorado because he is very actively trying to bring Irish players over. So Rob Cornwell won't be the last. I think there is someone already guaranteed that he didn't name, but it's in, that's coming. And then he, he wants to bring a couple more. So yeah. interesting keeping an eye on it. That is interesting because there has been kind of dribs and drabs. You know, there's a few lads have gone over Richie Ryan, um, Dan Casey, and a few like that. Not, but not never too many. Considering, you know, there is is like the standard is not. You know, you're not talking about the 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 big four or five leagues in Europe. Like there are opportunities over there for promising young um, professionals. The pay isn't astronomical, but the it's the life experience side of it. I suppose that's yeah. probably the yeah. big selling point. It's it's the lifestyle, it's the facilities. Like this is uh, this this new club, uh, Northern Colorado Hailstorm, will be in what is the third tier in in U- the U.S. soccer uh, divisions. Although there's no promotion or relegation, um, so you know according to Eamon, their facilities would rival some of the M- MLS clubs. Colorado Rapids are an L- MLS club. Kevin Doyle had a mm. stint there. People might remember. Um, and the chairman, uh, Patrick Smith, is 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 from Mead, I think. Um, so there's a pretty strong soccer stronghold there, and you know, it looks like there's there's room for another club. They're they're ambitious, um, and as I said, we'll see. I think you know they they're not going to strive to be in the MLS because the money is astronomical. Just to get into the MLS, you're looking at two hundred million dollars just to get in, and you have to have a stadium that's worth a certain amount, and and you have to have an owner that's worth a certain amount. So that that's not uh, what what they're looking at. But um, I think it's just to establish themselves over the next few years and potentially get into the next tier up, was, which is the championship. So there's the MLS, the championship, and then there's this new third tier, which is um, where Northern Colorado will, will be entered. So okay. Um, a little closer to home this week, we had the the Premier Division and First Division uh, fixtures being released, um, which is always a nice time for fans. Obviously, kind of start start planning out your year. You know, you're playing everyone four times, but you don't know in what order exactly. So, um, Shamrock Rovers champions, uh, they're at home on the fir- on the 18th of February against UCD. And uh, the cynic in me, Anthony, is just wondering. The only question about that match is who Colin Whelan will be playing for. Yeah, look, I mean, this is the season, you know, there's plenty of moving and, and jumping around. Um, I think Dundalk have Derry uh, on the opening weekend on the opening weekend as well. So, like, Derry have signed four players from Dundalk in the off-season. McElhenney, Duffy, Will Patching and uh, Cameron Dummigan. 
Um, so there'll be plenty. Obviously, Damien Duff's debut as well uh, as as Shelburne manager. There's there's lots of little plots and and things to look forward to. Um, and the, re- say, the rebirth of Bray, of course. The rebirth of yeah, Bray Cabinetti minus Cabinetti. Um, but look, it's it's because there there's a lengthy wait for these fixtures. Um, let's just hope the fans can actually go. You know, when we get to that stage, because the, the first weekend of uh, League of Ireland football uh, pre-COVID. Uh, which feels like an age ago now, but if you remember that opening weekend, uh, it was really, really positive. Like the attendances mm. were, were excellent. Now it doesn't always mean that it's sustained, but um, the last few years is really good momentum, positive momentum, and the FAI Cup final as well, which I think had over thirty-seven thousand people at the Aviva. So let's just hope that um, they're allowed to have full houses by the time we get to there. And I think if if that is the case, and you should see. Uh, really healthy crowds on, on that opening weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have another bit of news, uh, obviously, that, that's breaking this morning, this morning being uh, Wednesday, that uh, Ian Morris is taking over as Waterford FC manager. Um, a brave man, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he, he's, he was looking for a job in management, obviously. There's only so many of them. There was a rather... A rather public vacancy came up there before Waterford even played UCD in the promotion relegation mm. uh, playoff final. And Mark Burcham fell out with the owners. It as managerial hot seats go, it's it's kind of a, it's a scalding one, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, it's been it's been a, a wild uh, period there, and they need stability. You know, they need to give a manager time to 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 kind of settle things down there. The way the season ended. Uh, was just desperately disappointing for Waterford fans. Um, you know, Burcham is is quite a uh, colourful character, I guess. You know, but he is a good manager and he was doing a good job. He he had got them on an upward curve and they just wobbled on the home straight. And then going into that playoff game, like what happened on that week was was just a disaster. I mean, it's very difficult for a team to to stay focused going into such a big game after what happened happened um and ultimately when they, they were beat they were deservedly beaten as well you know and i think they the players would admit that themselves it was it was just uh, a nightmare end to uh, a really difficult period for them just when it looked like things were starting to <laughs> settle down so it's a challenge for ian morris but you know he's 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 a hungry manager that will feel he has something to do. he's also got um a good record in that division you know he's taken shelburne out of that division twice so um, you know, I, I think Waterford fans will be really happy with that appointment. Then now we just have to wait and see. You know, does he get time? Will he will he go the distance? Um, yeah. I think if he if he does, then Waterford have a really good chance of of bouncing back up. Yeah, as you look at the first division and just from a kind of back of a fag box kind of analysis of it, you'd say you know obviously Cork City, um, they're probably down there longer than a lot of people would have thought they would be. So you'd be expecting a push this year. Uh, John Caulfield's second full season in charge of Galway, you know, he's Lisa Fallon there with him, you know, obviously doing good things. Longford will be slightly chastened after their Premier Division experience, but obviously they were good enough to get out the last time. Um, and then there's a few, obviously a few unknowns, the biggest one being uh, the South Dublin uh, North Wicklow collaboration that is Bray Wanderers. So um, it's, it's, it's no cakewalk by any means, the first division never has been. No, it isn't. You know, the, the teams will play each other four times and that sort of familiarity makes it extra hard. Um, the way that the playoffs go as well, you know, if you if you can have a really good season and then get done in the playoffs. So it, it's it's hard. And as you, as you rightly say, Galway, Cork, 
um, Bray are, are a little bit of an unknown quantity just in terms of how that amalgamation will pan out and, and what players will be left in the shake. Um, but, you know, it's, it should be interesting. Yeah. Right. Let's move on uh, to the main event. Um, you remember that you used to get that, that game when you get a screenshot of someone's Wikipedia, of someone's career from Wikipedia and you have to figure out who the player was. I think game is there, but it would be a real gimme if you got him. I'm just, just going to humor me here, people. I'm actually just going to read this out. Um, it doesn't even include Leicester City, where he was. Uh, he, he played for their under-19s and their reserves before they were relegated and he came back. Uh, so his senior career consisted of Bray Wanderers, Crew Alexandria, uh, Edison's, Drogheda United, Sporting Fingal, Derry City, Persopolis, Aluminium, Hormozgan, uh, Shamrock Rovers, Saigo Rovers, Saba, Indy 11, Charlotte Independence, and he finished up uh, in 2020 with the Chattanooga Red Wolves. <laughs> yeah. um, the man's, he's, he's had the kind of football career I think in my head I would have liked to have had if I was ever any good at football. Well, this is it. I mean, it's taken, playing football has taken him all around the world, you know, and, and that's that's the reward that Eamon Zaid had for, for taking risks and trying different things. He just missed out, I think, at Charlotte Independence. He just missed out on the Jim McGuinness reign. I think he, I think he moved on just just after or just before McGuinness came in. Um, but he has been there. He's been in the States, I think, for the last five or six years. And um, when I was chatting to him earlier this week, that's that's how we started off. He, just, he was telling me a bit about how that's been and how he eventually hung up his boots and began taking his first steps into coaching with this new franchise, Northern Colorado Hailstorm. Yeah, it's been great. Um, great, great decision. Absolutely loved it. No regrets. Came over 2016. Um, initially, it was a year contract with a team called Indy 11 in what was the NASL. Um, yeah, a year turned into uh, uh, another year um, in, Indy, in Indiana. And after that, 2018, I went to Charlotte Independence for a year in the USL Championship. And then my old coach from Indy 11, Tim Hankinson, took over a um, USL League One side, which was a brand new league in 2019 in Chattanooga Red Wolves. Um, and I went in as a as a player coach. I knew that my playing days were, were well, look, I, I wanted to play for as long as I could, but I knew um, that I couldn't play forever, unfortunately. So, you know, I, I, I think I was 35, 36 at the time going to Chattanooga Red Wolves. So, um, yeah, it was a two-year deal to, to play and coach. And, and this, so you, you are now the coach of Northern Colorado Hailstorm, which is a completely new team, a new, a new club. Um, can you tell us how, how exactly that came about? Yeah, um, so Northern Colorado Hailstorm, um, they announced that they were going to enter USL League One. I think the beginning of this year, they announced that they were going to start playing in 2022. Um, so I remember, you know, on, on social media, I remember hearing about it. And um, it's funny, I mean, football in Ireland's a small world. Everybody knows everybody, but also in America, um, for such a massive, massive place, um, the, the soccer world, as they call it over there, um, again, it, it's, it's relatively, once you're there for, you know, for, for a fair amount of years, everybody knows everybody. So, um, you know, uh, there was talk of Colorado coming in and then they announced it. And um, I literally, yeah, I, I had left Chattanooga, um, got on a phone call with Colorado um, a couple of months after their announcement and, we just we began just to talk, um, talk about the brand, the club coming in, um, how I may fit in there, and um, 
after uh, I think three, four discussions, a couple of interviews, and they officially offered me the job in the summer. Um, so I was only too delighted and um, to take over. I just um, finished my UEFA A license with the FBI back home. Um, so it was a fantastic opportunity for me to 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 go into head coach and straight after, obviously just finishing up. Uh, so so some people might be familiar with Colorado Rapids, um, which uh, an MLS team, but this is is this a totally separate entity now? There's no connection to the Rapids. It's a separate entity. It's um it's again it's funny how how small football worlds are. The the president general manager of Colorado Rapids is an Irish guy called Porrick Smith. And uh, I actually met him, um, I think my first week I arrived into Colorado, I met him and um, he told me he used to support me um, when I played for Drogheda. He was from Drogheda United and he used to watch all our European games and, and, and would be down supporting us. So, um, small world, but no. Um, we'll have a relationship with the Colorado Rapids. Um, we'll play a couple of preseason friendly games against them. We may take some of their, um, some of our players on loan. Um, some of the younger players perhaps but um, no it's it's a separate entity independent we are about an hour and a half north of Denver and Colorado Rapids so one big acquisition that you've made um, that's generated Irish interest was, was Rob Cornwall um, how exactly did that come about and, and what's what do you expect Rob can bring to, to the team yeah, absolutely delighted to get Rob. So as soon as I took over, um, since I've been in America the last five, six years, any of the Irish lads that have gone over have done really well. Um, Richie Ryan, James Chambers, um, most recently Dan Casey went over to Sacramento and and Rob's defensive partner at, um, at Bose and has done well. So as soon as I took over, um, every team can have seven internationals and I knew that I was going to look at the Irish market because I just feel that you know, there's a there's a, a good amount of players over here in Ireland that could fit in and bed in well in America. Uh, it's already proven. Um, just their style of play, um, their kind of humble background, the way they, they could easily fit into the American culture. Um, you know, so uh, I looked at I've, I've looked at a couple of players. Um, to be honest, um, and, and Rob won't be the only Irish player coming over. Um, just definitely one more, and hopefully a couple more after that. But um. No, I was delighted to get Rob. I actually remember having a conversation with um, the head coach of Sacramento after he signed Dan Casey. And I actually said to him, I know I like Dan Casey, but um, I just felt Rob was was a better centre-half. And I asked him why he didn't go for Rob, and he just thought, he, he said Rob wasn't available. That's what he told me. Um, so um, as soon as I took over, I, I began kind of reaching out to a couple of people, and Rob's name cropped up, and... Um, I didn't know what his situation was with Bose. He's done really well there. He's been there for five years, uh, vice captain of the club. Um, but but um, he, he was interested. He was interested in just trying something new. Um, and again, you know, had a few conversations with him over. Um, it wasn't a, a decision he took lightly. Um, he thought about it for a long time because um, I know he loves Bose. Um, but I'm delighted to have him. I think he's he's going to be a leader for me. Um, he, he'll put his, you know, he's a, He's a he's a winner, um, which I think you need in in the dressing room over there in America. Um, I think that's another thing that kind of Irish players are are, are they're workers and they want to win. And um, they have that never say die attitude, and um, sometimes it's taken for granted. Because um, I've played around the world, and trust me, there's many many cultures that um, it's just not the same. Win, lose, draw, they kind of it's just not the same. It doesn't mean to the um, as much to them as it does to to an Irish player. Like we hate, hate losing. 
Um, so he's going to bring that. Uh, and he's quality. I played with him. I played at Rob back in 2014, 13, when he was at Shamrock Rovers. He was just a young lad coming through. Um, I think he must have been 18, 19 at the time. And, and I remember him since. He, he played a few games. He even played right back at times. But no, Rob's quality. Um, he's going to be a, he's going to be massive for 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 us on the pitch and off the pitch. And, and this league will be the third tier. Is that right in in US soccer? Yeah, it is effectively. It's strange when people say it because there's no promotion and relegation, and they're all effectively independent of each other. Um, so yeah, effectively you can say it's a third division. But I don't like to look at it like that. Um, it's it's a professional league, fully professional. There's some good teams in it. Um, it's probably the fastest growing league in America because um, it just makes sense to a lot of teams, especially a lot of new f- uh, franchises, as they call them in America, coming into or wanting to start a football team um, in their city. Um, financially, it makes a lot more sense. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's already, I think there's three more teams. There's two teams coming in next year, and then there's three more teams coming in in 2023, and I, I imagine they'll grow that number. They'll probably double it by, I'd say, five years' time, the league. So it's a, it's a great league, very competitive, and it's a good standard. Uh, uh, is the ambition to try and get to a point where you could potentially become an MLS franchise? So again, it's, it's how America works. No, no. Our 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 job is to is to grow the club um, within the USL league that we're playing in. Um, I know we have the rights to go up to USL Championship if we feel that's that's where um, the growth um, within the community and, and Northern Colorado has taken us. Um, but at the moment, this is to establish ourselves in the league in Northern Colorado. Um, but no, there's no, again, it's just strange the way it is in America. Um, no promotion, relegation. And I mean, look, to I'll give you financially. So to to go into our league, I think it's roughly two to three million to enter. Um, and then you have obviously the other costs that come along with it. Um, I think the USL Championship averages at around 12 million. Um, to get into the MLS, you're looking at it's it's over 200 million. Just to, just to be allowed in. And, and on top of that, you have to have a stadium that's worth X amount. You have to have an owner that's worth X amount. Um, so, no, it's it's money money rules a lot in in America, unfortunately. Um, but hopefully, I think USL are looking at the possibility um, at some stage of bringing in promotion relegation, which would be unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, as a player, you were a guy who just you know weren't afraid to take risks in terms of moves you made throughout your career i mean football is taking it all around the world how would you compare the us i mean when, when you were talking to say rob about coming over to colorado like how do you sell it to him what's the football culture like you know how invested are the fans in it what's the general overall standard like in the states these days yeah, when I when I think when I'm talking to a player, I kind of try to put myself in their shoes, and, and I, I was in their shoes. Um, initially, I came over to the states um, just for the lifestyle. Um, I wanted to try something new, and and um, and that's a selling point in itself. America, um, possibly over here, we don't know what the level is and the standard is like of of the leagues over there because uh, we may only watch the MLS, so we don't really know what the USL is like, let's say. So uh, initially I'm selling the lifestyle and, and the opportunity to live and travel around the States because it is unbelievable. Um, and I need, look, people over here go over to go to America on holidays all the time. Um, so it's it's fantastic to, to live over there. And it's easy for 
it's easy for an Irish person to adapt to the culture over there. Um, you mentioned I was, I played over and around in Malaysia and Libya, and, and look, that's a completely different um, ball game in terms of trying to settle into the culture. Um, America's really easy to settle into. Um, and then I'm just trying to obviously sell the, the, the football side of it because it is, it's a decent standard and it's a decent level. Um, and the facilities are, I love Ireland and I've I played here for 10 odd years and the League of Ireland was great to me. Um, but there's, I mean, there's just no comparison between the facilities over in America. Um, you know, crowds are better. Um, it's just a different ball game over there. And that, again, is another selling point. Uh, us, Colorado, um, for me, Colorado is one of the most beautiful states in America. It's really scenic. It's one of the most scenic states. Um, I mean, I'm looking out my office and, and I'm looking at the Rocky Mountains and snow on the mountains, um, which is beautiful. And I love Ireland. Um, and Colorado has that kind of outdoor uh, feel to it. A little bit obviously different than Ireland, but it still has that outdoor feel to it. That's that's nice and easy to settle into. Um, and um, and again, in our club, we're a brand new club. We're we're gonna we're gonna build. We are building probably the best complex, and not probably the best complex in our league. And I would say it will compete against anything in the USL Championship. Probably better. I'm probably even better than some MLS clubs. Um, in terms of what we're building, because what we're building is going to be brand new. Um, we're going to have 10, 10 outdoor practice fields. Um, we're going to have, obviously, our stadium. We're going to have a full-sized indoor soccer dome as well um, that we can utilise. Um, our strength conditioning gym is on site. Um, restaurants, food, everything on site. So um, it's going to be a fantastic complex. And, and have, have you been living there for the last few months, Em? You're based there now? Been there now a couple of months, yeah, yeah. Been there a couple of months um, as we prefer as we prepare for next year. Um, I'm just trying to recruit. Um, we we actually hosted our first um, trials, um, I guess the combine as they call them over in America um, last weekend, um, and and there was a good turnout. There was over 400 people that wanted to show up, and we narrowed that down to 70, and that was a good turnout. Um, we're just kind of touching back on again, just selling it to players. It's, it's it's like I'm. Tr I've I've talked to a few Irish players, um, and I think um, I, I still I still feel it's the same. I remember years and years ago when, back in when did I first uh, 2008, 2009, 2010 when I start um kind of playing abroad myself, um, it's still the same old Irish players. They just think about England and Scotland, and that's it. They, that's that's the only thing on the radar. And for some of them, um, I mean the top 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 players in Ireland. Um, you know, they'll they'll get a chance to play in England and they'll get a chance to play the top level in England. Um, and then you have kind of the next tier of of Irish player, um, who are who are really good players and have done well in the League of Ireland. Maybe not at the right age, um, or not quite on that level to make it over in England. Um, and and some of those guys I've been reaching out to, and um, yeah, again, it just kind of. They just think, again, Scotland, England, Scotland, England, that's all they think about. And I'm trying to open their mind and go, there's so much more opportunity out there. Um, and it doesn't have to be America, it can be elsewhere. Um, and I just wish, I just wish um, players would kind of look at that um, and, and appreciate that there's other opportunities outside of England and uh, Scotland. I, I think potentially that could be about to change now with the new Brexit laws. Players have to stay, you know, they can't move to England before the age of 18. So you're noticing in the Ireland underage squads more and more that there's a lot of younger players playing in Germany or Italy, uh, which, you know, that's 
as you touch on there, that's broadly can be a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, and I think, I think, I mean, again, if you look at the Irish national team and how many players came through League of Ireland, um, and I was listening to a podcast there, I think it was Stephen Rice, and just touching on what's best or, you know, for, for a young Irish player. And I, I still think uh, players, the best Irish players, 16, 17, 18, 19, just stay in Ireland and should, should try and get into a, a first team setup um, and get some senior games because, you know, it, it, that for me, that's the biggest development in your career. Um, and, and I think that's the right pathway. Um for an Irish player, and you know, I would, I would absolutely recommend that to any Irish player to stay here, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, um, try to establish yourself here. And I mean, it's been proven already that opportunities then come when, when you're ready at 2021, and you're actually more mature to take them when you do get it. Um, in terms of America, um, again, I'm looking at that kind of second crop, maybe um, who aren't at that level to get to England, and that maybe 23, 24, 25, 26 that might be slightly too old for an English team to take a gamble on them, um, but are still very good. Uh, and for them guys, I'm, th I'm, I'm trying to say, listen, you know, there's, there's more opportunities. Uh, and one of them is America. And now we have an Irish coach who's, uh, who's leading the team that's, that's willing and wanting to, to give Irish guys a chance. Um, so, again, I'm delighted to get Rob. Um, I'll get one or two more. Um, I've just been a little bit, just being a couple more that I, I'd hope to get, and um, yeah, I, it, trying to sell them that picture um, has been, I guess, more difficult than maybe what I thought. Yeah. Uh, just then to check back, finally, Eamon, um, on, on the club where it started for you, really, Bray Wanderers, and, and their recent amalgamation with Kevin Teeley. Um, what, what did you make of that? Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. I mean, look, um, firstly, I remember when Kevin Teeley, um were created. I thought it was a bit of an odd um, creation, given just the, where they are um, geographically in their association. Well, they were um, obviously. I think they were associated right by St Joseph's um, boys, who were always associated with Bray Wanderers. Um, and then it just it became a bit weird. Um, but um, and then you had Pat Devlin, who was the was the man who signed me to Bray Wanderers um, when he was coached there, um, and then he left Bray and got involved in Kevin Teeley. Um, you know, Eddie Gormley was was coaching there. Um, who again I played with in Bray. So it was it was I just found it odd, um, the whole thing. Um and I didn't think um I don't know what crowds I never got to a Kevin Teeley game, so I don't know what kind of crowds they got. Um but um but no I'm happy that I think it's a good thing that they've kind of come together. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work. Um, but I definitely think it's a good thing that they've come together. I'm delighted that Pat Devlin's gone back to Bray and he's going to probably be the main guy at Bray kind of trying to group it all together. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, 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 for, it's for the best. I just don't know how it's going to what's going to happen over the next um, well, few months and, and leading into next season. I do think it's the best for the long run because two teams there just didn't make sense. Yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm sure you'll be keeping a close eye from the States, Eamon, and uh, very best of luck to you and the team in 2022. Thanks a lot for having a chat with us. Yeah, cheers, Anthony. All right, that was Eamon Zayed speaking to Anthony um, about his new venture in North Colorado. It sounds it sounds exciting. Um, American sports are that little bit different. American soccer is that little bit different from, you know, what we're used to over here. He's not aiming at promotion. He's not worried about relegation. It's more about 
kind of the project, isn't it? And and developing the team and it being US sports, developing the team as a business as well, I suppose, is a rather large part of it. That's exactly it. I mean, right now, as we said earlier, that there is no promotion or relegation. So it's about establishing the team and, and, and seeing can they garner interest. It's so vast. You know, you look at Colorado, there's so many uh, sporting franchises going on, not just in soccer, but, you know, football, uh, baseball, basketball. So it's, it's, but it's, it's such a huge reason. So um, there seems to be the potential uh, for growth. Uh, Eamon is confident of that. And as I said, it, it'll be interesting just keeping an eye from an Irish perspective because he's very actively trying to bring Irish guys over. He's very open about the fact that he just, you know, he would have a good in into the Irish market. And he would have a lot of faith in Irish players going over there and, and, and making an impact and being suited to, to the to the to the football and to the lifestyle. So, as I said, Rob Cornwell is, is going over, and um, we'll probably see a few more. Great, um, thanks for that, Anthony. Um, I'm not sure if we'll have a soccer podcast next week. It might be the week after it being Christmas, but um, James and Adrian are getting well, well-deserved breaks. So the we online lads are going to keep it going. I think Raf has an interview with Josh Cullen coming up, so that should be well worth a listen. And in the meantime, you can check out the, the rugby podcast, uh, which uh, came out uh, this week. And there'll be a GA podcast with my fine self, a quiz with Anthony Daly and Pat Spillan on Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas Day, we have Jackie Hurley. Um, Jackie Hurley has a quiz, especially about women's sport in Ireland. And the six competitors are all some of the top women's sports stars from this week. Uh, so that's uh, going out on Christmas Day and we'll have that podcast as well. So that's worth listening to. So it just leaves us to say happy Christmas to you all. And I hope you keep well and keep safe and we'll catch you very soon. Goodbye.